Optimism abounds. Everyone's in the best shape of their careers. This season is going to go great. This is Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us and joining us on whatever platform you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, another podcast app, or if you're catching the show on YouTube where you can catch a live version of the show when David Ramil and I record it on Mondays. Once the season begins, we're going to be recording it after the game. So make sure to turn on notifications on YouTube.com slash NBA. On today's show, we'll talk about Media Day. It's finally here. The new season officially begins with Media Day. We'll talk about reactions, the good, the bad, and oof, the ugly in some places. We'll talk about the drama and the fallout from all the trades in the last week, or in some teams' cases, not trades that they did. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, all of the things that went on and all the comments, all that and more on today's show. My name is Matt Moore. I'm senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked on Nuggets. Just got back from Denver, Colorado, where the Nuggets held their media day session today. And it was good vibes, as you would imagine. They had the championship trophy on the podium. They just sat that right there and was there the entire time. Uh, David Ramil of Locked on Heat, how, how was your media day? How was Dame? Oh, uh, you know, really quiet this time <laughs> around. So, <laughs> obviously, not in attendance. Uh, but uh, Jimmy Butler's haircut was. So we'll uh, certainly talk about that. But some overall positivity, I'd say, some optimism out of Miami Heat training. I mean, media day, I should say. So we will talk about uh, Jimmy's haircut. We'll talk about. Um, LeBron's comments, Anthony Davis. We got a lot to get to today. There's a lot of stuff to get around. We're not even going to get to all the stuff I have like on my list of of notable <laughs> notes from Media Day because I do think uh, while a lot of it's platitudes and a lot of it isn't going to matter and a lot of it's just saying things to say things, you do pick out some stuff that you can actually take forward, and we'll talk about that through the course of the show. But we got to start with Philadelphia because uh, not not great. Like the Heat might be like, oh, that's a bummer, but they're fine. The Sixers are not fine. Um, Not in attendance today at Sixers Media Day before they leave for their training camp. uh, Just about 30 minutes north of me, actually, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, Not in attendance, James Harden. Uh, James Harden is not in attendance for the team's media day, and he remains upset the organization hasn't moved him to the Clippers specifically. That for Adrian Wojnarowski shortly before media day began. Daryl Morey did speak with the media and said, quote, uh, on his interpretation of what Harden said this summer, as you will recall, James Harden said Daryl Morey is a liar several times. Uh, Quote, Morey said, he said what he meant, and I think that that's well reported on. I haven't responded to that because I think it falls flat on its face. Uh, Maury said that he and Hart, this is via Kyle Newbeck of PHLI in Philadelphia. Maury says that he and Harden have not spoken since earlier this summer when Harden requested the trade and requested that everything go through his representation. Um, and then, and, and then, and then we got, got the Embiid quotes, which if you, if you missed it after Damian Lillard was traded to the Bucks and then Drew Holiday was traded to the Celtics, uh, Joel Embiid tweeted, what a fun offseason, LMAO. And so then he followed that up uh, with being asked on his long-term commitment to the franchise. 
quote, if every year is going to be the same thing, that doesn't put you closer to winning a championship. That gets frustrating. But I also believe it doesn't matter who's on the team. I'm always going to have a chance to win. Goes on to say, I love Philly and I've been here my whole career. If we were to win a championship, it would be for the city and the fans. Uh, and B says, what am I, 29? As at least for the next eight years, I think we should go out every single year to try and win the championship. There should never be any lost season. Uh, I have my own thoughts, especially on Embiid, essentially saying his teammates don't matter. Yeah, I said it. There's a way to interpret that that way, whether he meant it that way or not. Uh, look, Harden is, he's going to get fined for missing media day. He's going to get fined for missing every day of training camp. And then there does come a point where they're able to basically nullify his free agency if he doesn't report. So eventually he's probably going to show up if they don't get a deal done. Um this has gone about as nightmarishly poorly for the Sixers as you can imagine. And I don't know that there's any like good outcome here for Daryl Morey to even pursue. No, it doesn't seem that way. I think you've, you've got to be able to move on. And I, I know maybe a lot of that stuff was overstated when it came to Damian Lillard, but I think Lillard and Harden are two very different people. And while certainly there's going to be a financial impact on Harden, uh, he just doesn't seem like he's going to be willing to play. Like, I imagine the next step for him would probably be, as you said, to show up once it gets to that point where, you know, maybe he's going to endanger his future some, but he could always just say, oh, you know, I've got an injury of some kind and just not participate in for all intents and purposes, just not be part of the Sixers training camp anyway. They've got to find a way to move on. I know that Maury seems like he's just – not stalling. He put trade talks on hold because, uh, you know, they didn't get the deal that they wanted. I'm not sure what other deal is available, especially as Harden continues to make things ugly in Philadelphia. At this point, it just seems like any deal that Maury could get is probably better than just the presence of Harden and his negativity and everything that entails moving into the season, especially if you're endangering your relationship with your all-star center, MVP center in Joel Embiid. There's got to be a way out of this. What do you think? I don't know if there is one. I mean, they need a lead ball handler. I hear Tyler Hero's pretty good. So they could be like, they could maybe like figure out something. something. <laughs> so I think, sorry. Um, so I think, I, I don't know what the, the team is going to be, right? Because the Clippers have basically said, look, we're not putting in Terrence Mann. And when Terrence Mann is the bar, the 27-year-old Terrence Mann is not the bar that you will cross, it kind of show, shows you like the leveraging situation here where the Clippers are hoping that are planning on, I wouldn't even say hoping. I don't even think that's accurate. I think the Clippers are like, we don't need Harden. If we get him, great. I think I will tell you that the word around the league is that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both want James Harden. So they, they, they would like, they want them to get this deal done. But, and sure, there's been, a lot of problems with teams trying to apply undue leverage this summer, but the Clippers have a, an incredible position in terms of the leverage here. Like the Sixers are going down in flames and the more that it's talked about, the worse it's probably going to get like Embiid's comments continue to illustrate a pattern. And we talked about this on the show over the summer when he was talking about whether it's in Philly or somewhere else right. with him saying, you know, if every year it's going to be the same thing that doesn't put you closer to win the championship and it's frustrating. And he talks about like, I'm always going to, I'm always going to have a chance to win. Not we're always going to have a chance to win as long as I'm playing. Like that difference is subtle, but important. And oh, so yeah. there's a little bit of a shift here. 
Um, honestly, like, I don't know. Look, Maury's been – has he got himself out of the Ben Simmons situation pretty pretty remarkably. Uh, unfortunately, that only led him to the James Harden situation. I don't know what this is going – how this is going to resolve itself because I don't know what team is going to be desperate enough to give up real assets, especially ones that would satisfy Joel Embiid when he watches his two biggest conference rivals or two of the three land Damian Lillard and drew holiday. And I don't know where this goes, but it certainly seems like to me, the most likely outcome here is going to be a complete teardown at some point. I don't know how they're going to pull out of this nosedive. I can tell you just from the Miami perspective, they have no interest in Harden. At least that's what we're hearing. And that, you know, and that makes a lot of sense given, you know, Harden and his preference for Los Angeles on top of, well, James antics over the last few seasons and everything else. And I don't know that he necessarily adds so much of value that it negates the off the court stuff and the constant, you know, worry about is he engaged? Is he going to be. Uh, committed to this team beyond this season, et cetera. So I'm a little surprised to hear you say that Kawhi and Paul George are so in favor of this type of move. I, I guess, you know, I, I know that it's uh, it's appealing to consider acquiring as much star-level talent as possible on your roster. It's not to say that Harden is or isn't. That's a matter of opinion. But it's just there's so much distraction involved with that. And, and you're not hearing about any other team involved in, in a possible pursuit of Harden, right? There hasn't been any kind of buzz around the league about, okay, yeah. There was, is, like, there was a little bit of, yeah. there was like a little bit of conversation about the Knicks early, but I, I continue to think that the Knicks interest Ooh. is, I continue, I think the Knicks interest was, I think they started talking to Philadelphia to find out what they're interested in because I think they want to get it on beat. That's my, that's my opinion. Fair enough. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to hear Miami do something like that too, but, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I not if it costs them damn advice. That's a, a conversation for another time. Uh, you know, it's just they've got to, I don't know, take the lesser deal. Like, I, I mean, we, we had this argument with Portland, and maybe it's all worked out that way. But, again, I think the differences in how the league views a player like Dame Lillard, their willingness to commit, their functionality in today's game, that matters. So, I, I, I don't know. It's like if you want to continue to revive the toxicity there, does blowing it up, in your opinion, mean already start entertaining offers for Joel Embiid or yeah. just take what you can? Oh, already. Okay. So you don't think there's any way of salvaging, like, whatever the deal is with Los Angeles in exchange for James Harden. Is that a better way of, of taking whatever assets they do send in order to acquire another player that might appease Joel Embiid? Like, what is what is something that Joel Embiid would want? Another star-level player alongside Tyrese Maxey and himself? Yeah, he's going to want somebody of that caliber and – I don't think they're going to have the assets to get it done without including, especially without including Maxi. Um, you know, I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind here is that from, like from the other perspective, like let's say I'm wrong, which I, I very much could be because uh, I think these things are unstable. The Maury's gambit here is we're going to get into the season <clears throat> and one of two things are going to happen. One, someone's going to get hurt and be out for a significant amount of time when that team had serious intentions of trying to compete or two, a team goes completely sideways and they got to make a desperation move to try and right the ship that they're really worried about it. It's not even necessarily like, Oh, you bought him out and like you're two and 12 to start. It's just like, no, you're above 500, but you're not nearly as good as you thought you were going to be. And if you're a GM that's under a lot of pressure from your ownership group, 
now Maury can start exerting more leverage. Like we talk about this, we've talked about leverage for months and months and months. It's the same kind of deal where Maury is waiting for an opportunity for him to have the upper hand versus right now when he has no, no, and, and from Seinfeld, no hand. He's got no hand. But to what question would James Harden possibly be the answer? I just, I, I mean, again, I, I hate talking about this because there's no separating the talent and his ability to contribute, even if his game has changed over the last few seasons. But who would want to take on the distraction? I, again, even Miami, with a stellar reputation as taking on head cases and being all in and everything else, they're like, nope, thanks. We're, we're all done here. We've got enough. Uh, we're, we're not interested in acquiring James Harden. I just don't know what other team, even if they fall into those categories you just said, they're, again, they, they fall short. They, they get off to a really bad start. Maybe even a player injury says, you know what? He's the uh, the temporary solution to whatever problem we might have. It just doesn't seem realistic. I don't know. On the other side, lots more media notes to get to. We'll talk about mm-hmm. LeBron James's intentions for the season. We'll talk about uh, Jimmy Butler's new hairdo. We'll talk mm-hmm. about Kate Cunningham, what he's planning on this season, all that and more on the other side on Locked On NBA. First, I need to tell you about Ibotta. You know, it's football season, so that means pizza, wings, and maybe some buffalo chicken dip. Whatever you prefer at your tailgate, go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A, Ibotta, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Hope you're excited for Media Day. The NBA is back. We got preseason games on Thursday, David. I'm very excited to see actual basketball again. Uh, Let's go ahead and head around the league. We'll start here in Los Angeles, where LeBron James says he is dedicating his season to Bronny. Bronny, obviously, after collapsing with that scary situation involving his heart, uh, said that there's nothing more important in the world than kids, than your kids and family. Uh, so he's dedicating his season to Bronny. Talked about how his kids actually made him want to come back and play again after he talked about retiring. So that's kind of like where that all kind of resolved itself. Um, LeBron obviously, you know, talked about retiring right after the um, right after the loss to the Nuggets. LeBron James says he also said that he has got interest in playing in. The Olympics. He talked about uh, hanging out with Rui all summer. Rui, him and Rui Hachimura uh, said, "Quote: Bronny has been doing well. He's on the up and up." Said his son underwent 
successful surgery and rehabbing with the hope to return to the court and play for USC this season. So that's all really good news. Yeah, any reaction to LeBron's comments about dedicating the season to his kiddo? No, uh, you know, proud father. Um, and I, I like seeing that sort of thing. It kind of humanizes him to a certain degree. And maybe it's all for publicity and to kind of turn public favor. But, you know, at the same time, I, I believe him. When it comes to his kids, I think his dedication has been pretty consistent throughout his career. Uh, Anthony Davis had some things to say today as well. He said that the Lakers' commitment to continuity by bringing back most of the players from last year's team makes him feel that the team has, quote, a head start on the season. Uh, Nuggets have talked a lot about how continuity has helped them, so that's definitely something to consider. Uh, This was interesting. Anthony Davis said he incorporated, quote, a lot more reps on his jump shot this summer, including taking different shots from different spots and angles than he's accustomed to in order to bring back that uh, that aspect of his offensive repertoire. This is, like, actually a meaningful thing where if Davis is serious about improving his shooting and he's able to get there, that significantly changes things. The difference between bubble Anthony Davis and the Anthony Davis that we've seen since is his jumper. His dominant games have come against undersized opponents that he can bully. When he faces guys that are bigger, he needs to be able to knock down mid-range jump shots, and that hasn't been a consistent part of his game. So if you're a Lakers fan, this is great news. Like That's the kind of thing that can unlock that MVP-level AD is if he's able to actually get his jumper to fall a little bit. Why hasn't he worked on this before? Trying to get help. Like what? I, I guess, but really, I don't get it. Like, I, you know, this is this has been an important part of his career for years now, and it's just it's interesting to say, oh, this summer I worked on this. And it's like, what the hell were we doing last summer, the year before that? Like, it's been something, an area of focus. And maybe I'm just kind of being a little cynical here, but I just don't get the the public statement here about, oh, I'm working on my jumper so I can be the the kind of dangerous threat that I should have been all along. It's like, okay, well, I, I look, and then I. I think he's a great player. I don't think there's any doubting that. I just wonder whether or not he's actually going to incorporate these aspects into his game the same way so many people have asked him to do repeatedly. He also said that his goal is to play 82 games this season. How many games will he be short, David? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 11. Okay. Uh, I will say 22. I think he will play 60 games. Wow. Wow. That's way well short of 82 games. I mean, I mean a, it's no postseason awards, though, right? You got to play 65. That right. was a point of contention. All right. Not, not eligible. Let's see. The last time that he played more than 62 games was 2018. That's the last time that he played that many games. I think he'll play 65 exactly just to make sure he's <laughs> just to be eligible. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. That's probably accurate as well. Uh, let's go to Miami. You were in attendance today. Uh, Jimmy Butler shows up with the emo haircut. Comes up, like, did he answer questions any differently, or was it just the haircut? <laughs> nope, same old Jimmy. You know, kind of uh, a little curmudgeonly on media day and, and most days. But uh, you know, he brought that out a little different. I don't know if it was just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, or try something different, or a combination of many different things. As is Jimmy. Uh, but you know, I, I I asked him specifically. One of the first questions I got in there on his presser is like, you know, are you disappointed in this offseason? And do you think that the team has let you down in terms of building around you and not acquiring said superstars? Like, no, we straight. And delivering the same answer that Jimmy has over the last few seasons, that we're going to be all right. I trust these guys. We're always going to be there. Uh, we're going to compete. We're going to work hard. And this year, this year is our year. We're going to win the NBA Finals. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. At the same time, uh, it, I think the vibes around Miami were a lot more positive than a lot of people expected them to be. 
I didn't expect them to be down. Um, you well, might not have. <laughs> this is our year. This is the one. And this one's going to feel really good. This one's going to hurt. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting way to phrase that. Yeah, um, sure. yeah I mean, look, I, I wouldn't expect him to, them to be. Um, this is so one of the many reasons that the Heat run to the finals was spectacular, incredible. But there are unintended consequences in what we do is that now it doesn't matter what Miami does. Like if they win 60 games, if they win 40 games and make the play in tournament, we're going to have to treat them the same because the idea is going to be like, well, they did it last year. And even though like for someone like me, that's nails on a chalkboard because I'm like, but that's extremely bad process. Like teams almost never ever do what Miami did last year but they did it. And so like, there's this guy never did, but I also say it's going to impact the team because if you're Miami, you're going to be like, why not? Why can't we? And we'll, you lost Max Drews and Gabe Vincent. So what? We'll just shoot 45% from three again. What? What does it matter? <laughs> it might not be that possible, but I think they have belief in the other players around them, not just Nikola Jovic, but others on that roster that they can <laughs> contribute. And as long as they've got Bam, and as long as they've got Jimmy, and as long as they've got Spo, they're not in a bad place. Uh, Haywood Highsmith will be my my guy that I think has a huge year. That'll be my guy. Yeah. I'm right. curious I to see how Haywood. that plays out. Yeah, I, really I know. Like I, I, I do too. He's a, great, he's a great guy, good positional defender. If he can start getting that and he was he told us today he was working out with Duncan Robinson all summer and he can really hit that three-point shot now as long as he if he evolves as a PJ Tucker-esque defender into a PJ Tucker-esque shooter especially for the corners that's not a val- that's not an invaluable player for Miami starting lineup uh elsewhere back in Los Angeles so let's go back across the country Kawhi oh, yeah. Leonard was persuaded when asked about load management said that it is insulting for anyone to uh, suggest that he load manages that in Toronto that he had an injury he was recovering from. He says, quote, I'm not a guy that's sitting down for load management. I work out every day in the summertime to play the game, not to sit out and watch others play. This is not a perception that's held widely. Like if, if this is the case and he is never load managing, the Clippers have the single worst PR department ever, or Kawhi Leonard does like, yeah. The perception is that absolutely he sits out games just because he's like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. And so I'm not going to do it. I don't feel hundred um, percent. I don't know what to do about and, this because it's just like, <laughs> if you're, if, if you, if you're sore, David, like, should you play if you're sore? Like, that's like what, what a lot of this gets to is like, if you feel like, man, I don't, this money's killing me. Right. Should you play through it? Probably not. I don't know. I this it gets tough. It does. Uh, and to this, we want to add James Harden. So that's that's the bigger takeaway here is I don't get it. Like, there's already enough drama in Los Angeles. Can't we just avoid that altogether? But we'll see. Uh, Dame welcomed in Where? Milwaukee. I have uh, following up on that. Should, should talk about Giannis's comments where essentially – so Giannis followed up the extension talk with essentially an assertion that, like – he was it's really funny because milwaukee fans are like he's always said this this is what he always said he was never gonna leave uh and i'm like no no no. like the tone from earlier was they bet we better like win at a high level or i'm gonna start looking around 
And today it was, oh, hey, you added Damian Lillard. This is where I want to be for the rest of my career. Uh, he's not going to sign the extension because financially it doesn't make sense. He makes more right. if he opts out and then signs a new deal. But I, it would be very, it's very difficult for me to imagine that even if the, the, the Bucks were to underperform, let's say they get swept by Miami again, that even oh. then after trading for Damian Lillard, I would have a hard time seeing Giannis leave at this point. Like at some point you do have to be like, okay, look, you, I've asked you to, to get star players and help me win. You got Drew Holiday and then you traded Drew for Dame. I think it's hard to, to imagine Giannis leaving Milwaukee at this point. Yeah, they've made their commitment to him, and he can always resign. And as you said, he can get his money. And we all know he can always ask out later on anyway. So that doesn't make any difference. Uh, Dame was a little defensive uh, about defense today. Said that uh, he's been <laughs> underrated on that end and that he, oh, yeah. um, he, that he could do the job and be fine. Um, I thought it was an okay quote because actually a lot of it, to be perfectly honest, the way I've kind of thought about it is if you if you really get into it, Steph Curry is not a good defender. He's not a bad defender. He's not a bad defender at all. He's got quick hands. But Steph's not a good defender. And in the rare situations where a team is actually able to put him on an, on an island, Steph struggles, especially with foul trouble. But for the most part, because the team defense is so good, Dame's fine. And that's like got to be the hope with with Milwaukee is that Dame can be fine. Like gives good effort, defense is fine. They cover for him, and that's kind of got to be the the hope for them to uh, go through defensively this season for Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of the concerns haven't necessarily been overstated, but I think they've been magnified as everybody tries to find chinks in the armor in Milwaukee there. I think he, he will be fine because there are plus defenders there on that team. It's a good system. It's a good roster. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think there's anybody – like the defense is not going to be the issue with that team. Is it going to be a problem at some point? Yeah, but when they're outscoring opponents by as wide a margin as they will, I'm not overly concerned about it. I think more than anything else, it's a matter of depth. It's a matter of whether or not a significant player gets hurt. That's when their title chances become lessened. Let's go to New Orleans. Uh, Zion Williamson said Ooh. he was asked what he's going to work on, well, what he worked on this summer, and he said, "I worked on being unguardable." Okay, <laughs> cool. Nice. Uh, <laughs> David Griffin, on the other hand, said this was a uh, this was an amazing one. Zion has hired independent people to help him take care of his body. This is via Shamadua on Twitter. Quote: This is the first summer Zion has taken his profession seriously. In Ooh. that regard. Ooh. Uh, meanwhile, Brandon Ingram, when asked on the decision to wait until next summer to work on getting an extension done, uh, quote, they're handing a lot of people big money. I'm trying to get some big money. So. Does that become less likely next summer as opposed to this summer, especially given Pel the Pelicans cap situation? It's a good question. It's a good question. That's a problem. For future Brandon Ingram. Um, <laughs> let's see. Drew Holiday beat Brad Stevens into the gym this morning, even though he can't uh, participate in practice until he completes his physical. Uh, DeMar DeRozan in Chicago was asked why this season will produce better results than the previous two with the same core. DeMar DeRozan, quote, because the third time's the charm. Not sure about that one, DeMar. Don't know if that's good. That's a, a great... Uh, approach to these types of things. Um, and then finally, I'll just say the Nuggets were 
in pretty good spirits, as you would imagine after winning the, the NBA championship. Um, they seem, I'll say this, like, I'm very curious to see how the season goes for them because of their lack of depth. Um, they have a lot of young guys that they're depending on. And Michael Malone says it's an open competition, which is not to be, uh, not unexpected, but it's very clear that the front office with Josh Kroenke and Calvin Booth want to develop the young guys because they think it's important for managing the cap under the new CBA. So I think that's going to be a challenge. Something to watch out for is how young the Nuggets bench is uh, outside of Reggie Jackson and Justin Holiday, who, by the way, gave really good answers today at Media Day. Good to hear that. Oh, who is your surprising media person from the Heat? Who is really good? Orlando Robinson. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd like him a lot more. He, uh, the Joker. I was a little taken back. Gave him his credit, and at the same time, even it was also said that he can't be guarded. I was like, well, I have yet to see evidence of that but hey well you know if orlando robinson's feeling froggy i'm curious to see how far he'll jump yeah good luck with that on the other side we've got one more bit of drama we gotta get to because philadelphia was we knew was going to be bad and it was a a tire fire but the disaster might be in toronto we'll talk about that next on locked on nba I'm here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us. Recapping Media Day. There's lots more to get to throughout the week, and we'll have you covered here on the show. Make sure to check out tomorrow with John Corrales and Jake Madison. Then on Thursday, you've got Nick Angstat and Pat the Designer. And on Friday, Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares. All right. So um, I got I, I had to bring this up because this was a wild sequence of quotes out of Toronto. So effectively, Toronto, Masai Ujiri for the Raptors was asked about prioritizing Siakam and getting him a new deal and why there's not been extension talks with Siakam. The, uh, to, for a little bit more context on this, the word around the league is that Siakam wants to resign, but the Raptors have pretty openly included him in trade talks. Like Michael Grange was reporting they were close to deals back in August. They were talking to the Atlanta Hawks. We talked about that on the show amongst other teams. And then there's this quote from Ujiri today in response to those extension talks, quote, a lot of players didn't play the right way. Meaning last year, I said it that we were selfish. I'm not running away from that. Ujiri said we were selfish and we didn't play the right way. So let us see it when we play the right way. Like, Outright calling out the team for being selfish. And in particularly in relation to a guy hoping to get paid, that to me is like a, I was like, oh no, oh, oh no. Uh, then you have this, obviously the reporters doing what they need to do, asked Siakam about it. Quote, I've never been a selfish player in my life. Ever since I started playing basketball, I don't have an ounce of selfishness in me 
Siakam on the Raptors culture reset and the notion of selfishness. That's contrasted by what Scotty Barnes said, which was quote, it's so draining. Sometimes it felt like every man for himself out there. Yeah. I, I look, look, it's all media day, right? And, and, and 82 games from now, maybe nobody gives a damn and nobody remembers. Hey, remember what happened back in media day? It'll be a fun conversation to look back here, but I don't think it's not nothing either. And, and I think the way a team starts off the season does matter, especially when it doesn't seem likely that this roster is going to get overhauled anytime soon. I know that a lot of Raptors fans are frustrated that no significant move was made. And then on top of that, now your first opportunity to say, you know what? We tried. We kicked the tires on some possible changes. It didn't work out. But we're proud of our guys. We're looking forward to seeing our roster compete. That takes some major chutzpah on Masai's part to say, I'm not running away with it, but we, I'm not running away from it, but we played selfishly. It's like, dude, you were out there. You didn't do anything, but you're calling out a bunch of other guys that work for you and with you, and you're calling them selfish. So congrats to you for not running away from insulting people, I guess. I don't know how that works out. That's like me saying, I'm not running away from it, but my co-host really sucks. You know, I just, I'm, I'm going to put that out there. It's like, okay, I guess, you know, I, it, it just seems so ridiculous. Uh, that's really a negative way to start off. You're, you're talking about a young player in Scotty who's included in those trade talks and everything else, you know, to some degree. Maybe he was available. Maybe he wasn't, depending on who you believe. And and now he's saying it's draining. It's like that's like the antithesis of the kind of attitude that you want going into a season from the guy who's going to be your, your 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 centerpiece moving forward, the the foundational building block. So. I don't know. It, it just seems like of all the teams that we're talking about on media day, aside from, okay, how about this? Bigger tire fire, Philadelphia or Toronto? Man, I, I'll say Toronto right now because at least they got Embiid for now. Like, I think that that's maybe in the air for the future, but for right now, they've still got uh, Embiid. With, with Toronto, it's like, they, I there's a lot of speculation they don't want to pay OG. It doesn't seem like they want to extend Siakam, but they're not trading these guys. I don't know how this works out. Uh, if you want to hear more on this, make sure to check out Locked on Raptors. Sean Woodley and Vivek Jacob, like, they, <laughs> this is the description for the episode. A pretty weird Raptors media day. Scotty Barnes' muscle watch, Darko's play style, and, of course, a little light alienation of the team's best player. So. <laughs> good times, good times. Good times, indeed. So make sure to check that out over on Locked on Raptors. Okay. So as I wrap it up for our for our today, episode today of Locked On NBA, make sure to check back tomorrow. We'll have you covered through Media Day all throughout the preseason and into the season. Let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter. We'll see you guys again next time. Make sure to check out the YouTube.com slash Locked On NBA. Check out the YouTube page of the show. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On NBA. Mm-hmm.